Blog Talk Radio. Before I bring Rosemary on, I'd like to tell everyone about the concept of my show. 
as a clinical psychologist as well as a singer-songwriter involved in other areas also in the entertainment industry. I've always wanted to combine my psychology background along with my music and entertainment. And one thing that's really important to me has been supporting people involved in various types of professions, whether it's creative professions like poetry, filmmakers, entrepreneurs, and other types of professions. I really wanted to have a show that would help people come on um, where I could interview, explore, and delve into their lives and also help get their name out there and promote what they're doing. So on my show, my audience is going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, um, what their experiences are like that they've encountered, as well as learn what it's like to be in the profession. A few concepts that I also go over in the beginning of my show is that although I am a clinical psychologist and I do have an extensive background in doing interviewing, my show is not meant by any means to provide uh, therapy or any type of formal treatment. There are times on past shows and even future shows where people might bring up questions about psychology or ask psychological terms or I might answer questions, but again, these will be answered in a very broad and general way so as to provide an educational um, forum and information session. And second, since we will be talking about exciting, intriguing, and at times controversial stories, because I definitely want people to feel open to discussing whatever they'd like, I do ask that if they talk about any specific persons or organizations, if they're telling a funny story or a potentially humiliating story, that they do keep people's identifying information, um, organizations, whatever it is they're discussing, to a minimum so that no one can really understand or figure out who they're talking about. And finally, because the show does have a very diverse audience, I would request that people keep <clears throat> excuse me, profanity to a minimum. At the end of the show, I'm going to provide information about how you can become a guest on the show. If you are currently listening, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to www.blogtalkradio.com and feel free to join us in the chat room. Since I will be focused on the interview, I might not be able to respond freely in the chat room, so I have posted some information about how you can um, become a fan of Rosemary's Poetry on Facebook by searching Becoming Roxy. And I also included a um, phone number. So if you want to call in and ask some questions, feel free throughout the show. The show will be about a half hour long, and the phone number is 805-243-1320. So I'm sure everyone is very intrigued to get to the interview. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give some background information on who our poet Rosemary Monteroso is tonight and she had recently contacted me about booking an interview on my show to promote her poetry. So Rosemarie is a published poetry writer who will be releasing her debut poetry book titled Becoming Roxy within the next several months or so. Her poetry has been published in various magazines and converted into many translations, including Chinese. Rosemarie's poetry is influenced um, by many things in her life, and she'll get to some of that tonight. Her infamous poem, <clears throat> titled Love's Passage, was published in 2006 in a New York City-based magazine called True Romance. In addition to becoming a published poet, she's also a journalist and theater critic who is available to the public for any relative assignments. Poetry lovers can become a fan of Rosemary Monteroso with her poetry group on Facebook titled Becoming Roxy. So if anyone wants to um, search Becoming Roxy on Facebook, you can uh, check out all of her poetry, and information about her upcoming book and other stuff that she's up to. So without further ado, let is, let's us bring on Rosemary Monterosa tonight. And Rosemary, you are now on the Carrie Edelman Show. Hi, Carrie. How are you? Good. How are you? 
I'm fine, other than having a root canal done earlier. I know. I just saw you posted that. I was looking on your Facebook page. I was like, oh, gosh, yeah. I hope she's okay. Yeah, so are you feeling okay? Pain, but, yeah, it's a Aww. little pain, but nothing um, nothing drastic. Okay. Well, I hope you feel better. And we're just um, out of curiosity. I always ask my uh, guests, where are you calling in from? Where do you currently live? Uh, currently, I'm on Staten Island, New York. Oh, nice. Okay, very cool, very I'm cool. I'm originally from Brooklyn. <clears throat> okay, so you're from the New York area. Very cool. Yeah. Very originally. nice. Great, great. So I want to thank you for contacting me. I know you contacted me a while ago, and we wanted to set up an interview with you, and I'm very excited that we finally were able to uh, to get this interview set up, and uh, I think it will be a lot of fun tonight. And we yeah. were posting this all over Facebook, so hopefully we'll get a good audience too. And even if we don't, whoever's listening in, um, just as a right. side note, this will be a podcast. You can listen to it at any point in time. You just go to blogtalkradio.com slash Carrie Edelman, and this will be available to listen to at your pleasure whenever it's uh, convenient for you. Okay. So, okay, so let's get to the interview. Um, how long have you been writing poetry? Um, actually, I started probably around the age of 10. Um, okay. Something one day I, I picked up a book and a paper and pen and just uh, actually love influenced me. I know that's strange. I was only ten, but you know, little puppy love uh, inspired me to start writing sure. poetry at the age of ten. Wow, very cool, very cool. So you've been writing for about how many years? Because I, I don't want to ask personal questions right. about your age. Uh, about guess, twenty, some, twenty something years. Very nice. Very nice. So describe to the audience, um, you know, what inspires you to write your poetry. I know you mentioned love. Are there other things that, you know, come into your life or things that you encounter that inspire you to write? Um, yes, I mean, I'm always inspired, but um, I guess I've, I've gone through lots of uh, tragic situations and happy situations and realizing that I have the the skills to put down on paper what others you know, can feel but not put down on paper. Mm-hmm. I just decided to use that as a, you know, to my own advantage and just uh, use it as a tool. And any time I, I wanted to release or, you know, just let it out into the universe, I just pick up that pen and start writing. So That's great. Uh, I've, yeah, I've been through a lot of different things in my life that definitely inspired me to write. Nice. But also, nice. I also I feel that you have to be a natural born writer. It can't can just um, something that's innate. I think. Okay, so you don't think it's something that someone can? I guess you think it's more like you're saying it's more intrinsic and innate. It's not something someone can work hard at and try to right. become a writer. Uh, uh, I believe that someone can become a writer as far as a novelist or something like that, but not um, okay. you know journalism because I do that also. But as far as creativity, right. um, that's something that you're either born with or I, I don't really feel that it's something that you can develop. It's something that you just okay. have right So are there other people in your family that are writers or that, you know, do similar things that you do? Um, well, actually, uh, I'm also a musician. I play keyboards, as I told you. Um, right. So I think it, it, all, yeah, it all, like, comes together, um, you know, lyrics, right. sure. keyboards. Uh, let's see, I guess, uh, really there aren't any writers in my family, but, um... Or creative people. Yeah, musically, uh, my brother played the guitar. He passed away when I was 16, so he, he definitely, uh, he has a, yeah, thank you. He has a lot of influence on my writing. Um, Okay. He played the guitar, so 
I started playing keyboards also when I was about 10. So, yeah, I would say, like, musically, also I have an uncle in the league that plays the accordion. Um, yeah, it's okay. Just that nobody really, you know, is professionally, uh, takes it, like, you know, so professionally as I do. Right, right. Well, that's, but still, like you're saying, there is some, you know, within the family, there are creative people, and this is probably mm-hmm. something, like you said, you were, you were born with, and then you kind of worked hard at it to, to bring right. it out and develop it and, yeah, get it to the point of where you are right now, which is, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. What do you think, what, what have you learned about yourself, I guess, during the process of poetry writing? Do you use it as, I'm assuming you use it as kind of a, you know, a therapeutic means to get your emotions out and... And has there been anything that you've learned about yourself throughout the process? Well, I've learned that I'm a pretty strong person. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I cry a lot, just like anybody, you know, any other normal person would in certain situations. But uh, mm-hmm. no, I just learned that I'm a strong person that can, um, and also like all the comments that I get from about my poetry is very complimenting and it keeps me going because I didn't realize sure. what an influence I have on people. They, um, That's great. You know, they, you know, the things that they say is just amazing. So when I have a bad day, I just go on my group page and I read the comments and it makes me feel so much better to know that I, I can make people feel that way. You know? They say, oh, That's you know, we're out there. It's like they, they want to say these things, but they don't know how to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've learned, so I've learned that I'm strong and I can help people through my writing. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of twofold in a way because you help yourself by being able to, you know, put your emotions down and get your feelings out there on paper in order to probably deal with them. And then you're also helping other people because they can empathize with it, they can relate to it. So yeah, that's that's great. That's really cool. Um, have you ever encountered writer's block? And if you did, what did you do to overcome it? I thought that would be an interesting question for people listening in who are, you know, interested in writing, and it could be music, it could be poetry. Um, so has that ever happened? Um, let's see, writer's block for me. Uh, the thing is I don't really start writing unless I feel that I have something mm-hmm. to say at the moment. So right. I don't... Yeah, I can't really say I, I encounter writer's block. It's just that sometimes what I do is I'll I'll start a piece, but as most artists will agree with me, is that you start something and then there's a point where you say, okay, I'm done with what I have to say for now, but I will come back to that piece, and that's how I that's how I work. I come back to it. Absolutely. I don't call it writer's block. I call it I'm saying what I have to say for this moment, and then you know when it's a few lines in, half a page, whatever it is. Then I say, okay, I don't want to finish this right now. It's not the right time. Right. Then I'll, I'll leave right. it there, and I will get back to it. I will finish it. But that's how most of my work is done. Same. I agree with you. Oh. That that definitely relates well with me too. Because when I write my music and stuff, I, I agree. The the last thing is for me to sit down and try to make myself write. Like you're saying, I have to right. have mm-hmm. a sense of a lyrical idea or a melody, a feeling, and. Yeah, I might get a few pieces out, and then I'll say, you know what, there's no more at this point. I'll come back to it later. So I agree. I think that's a really good way to do stuff like that. But I know some people sit down and say, okay, today I'm writing for an hour, and they try to kind of push themselves. And I think sometimes when you do that, it comes out a little contrived and a little forced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I agree with you. I agree. So your um, your poetry has been published, as you said, in, in various magazines and websites. 
and most specifically your poem that you had mentioned, Love's Passage, which appears to be one of your really good poems um, that people really enjoyed was in the New York-based magazine titled True Romance. And so how would you how would you describe that poem to the audience and people listening in? Um, I would say uh, I wanted to make a, a change in my writing because before that I was doing a lot of, um, like, angry kind of, not angry, but um, just really emotional, uh, you know, kind of letting it all out there. And I wanted mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, make a detour and go with the, like, the softer side, to say. Okay. And I did, I, I was reading through, I think I was, you know, fumbling through a poetry book, and I did run across a poem that was about love, and that certain poem inspired me to write Love's Passage. So, I mean, I'm not usually inspired by other writers, I just write but this one poem did catch my eye, and um, it was just a kind of a different way that I wanted to go, it's like the softer side, like right. I said, and I just, you know, that's me in a nutshell, basically, when it comes to relationships. I, you know, I guess I wanted to let it out there for the guys to know, um, you know, I'm not easy to get. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. Very I figured cool. most women, a lot of women would, um, you know, definitely relate to the poem, <laughs> and they do. Great, that's great. And how do you... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, The thing about that poem, um, I just want to mention that um, before it was published in the magazine, my sister um, had really liked that poem. She she hasn't read all of my stuff, but that was just one of them that she happened to read, and she really, really liked it, and she framed it, and it's in her house, and it's been framed for years. But this was prior to a being published, so I feel that was kind of like a force, like a fourth scene, you know, right. a foreshadowing of it to come. So I thank my sister for that. Thanks, Charlie. Oh, very nice. That's very nice. Um, so when when you went through the process of getting the poem published, what were a couple of steps that you had to do just so people listening in who are interested in maybe submitting a piece of their work for a review would follow um, when you do something like that? Um, yeah, actually, I never really looked too much into the whole publishing thing, but what happened is that I had a friend, you know, it's sometimes about who you know, not what you know, and I had a friend who had a friend that worked at a magazine, that uh, True okay. Romance, and I, you know, I told him, you know, that I, I write poetry and all that, and he said, oh, well, you know, if you want, give me a piece of your stuff, and I'll nice. send it on to the editor, and, um, it just so happened that the next day I received a call and the poem was being published. And, you know, I mean, I didn't get paid Wonderful. much for it, but it was definitely another notch on the belt. Absolutely. So, and, and that's great. And I think that's a good point you make, um, especially, and I think, again, any type of creative field, you know, people go into it sometimes with this notion that, oh, I'm going to be published or I'm going to put my album out there as a musician and I'm going to make millions of dollars. And I think... I think you looked at it in a good way, and I do the same thing with stuff that I do, is that, you know, the more people that get, um, that can read it or the more people that can hear it, the bigger audience you're going to get. And, yeah, it's great to make a few bucks, but I think initially, like you're saying, building up the resume and just, you know, keeping yourself, getting your stuff out there and, and get your name out there is the key. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, but for other, I mean, if there are other poets out there, um, always there's references to go by, like, the poet's market, and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but I'm looking to go, you know, uh, I'm looking to just publish a book as a whole, so I'm not doing the research anymore. <laughs> but if there are poets out there, they can always look into uh, the poets market, it's always good. Um tells you, okay. you know, where to send you know, there's certain magazines that uh, accept, you know, you have to um, 
send it to them, and they'll review it, and then you get your answer. Nice. Nice, nice. Thank you for those recommendations. So people who are listening in, you can check out the Poets Market. I'm sure if you went to Google and typed in, you know, various keywords about poetry and getting published, you could find some more information. So that's great, great idea. Um, so let's let's talk about your, your poetry book, which I know you don't have a set deadline yet, but you are working, you know, avidly on that right now. And hopefully within several months or so you will be releasing it. So the title is called Becoming Roxy. And how did you come up with the title for this book? Um, actually, I have a whole list of uh, options, but um, oh, okay. Well, no, but it probably will be becoming Roxy because since that's the name of my group, I don't want to confuse all of my members because I have members from like all over the world, basically, and I don't okay. want to confuse them as to when the book comes out. I want them to relate the book to the group, so sure. I'll probably just yeah, I will keep that name just so that no one gets uh, confused. I mean, I, I like the name. It's sort of, uh, it represents... I like it, too. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Well, Roxy is my nickname. That's, uh, like, my okay. nickname that people in my area call me. So it's kind of, uh, I see it as um, coming of age sort of thing, where becoming mm-hmm. Roxy was probably when I first moved to Staten Island, which was about 10 years ago. So it's, okay. it's like the process. It's like a growing process. So I hope people, you know, realize like what that means. Becoming Roxy is sort of like how I got to being me. How I got to being this other me, not other me, but this me. You know, just right. both me. <laughs> right. Kind of like like in psychology, sometimes they use the word like self-actualizing when you're you're constantly like growing as a person and you're developing and you're changing. So. Maybe where you were, like you said, 10 years ago is different than where you are now. You're still, you know, somewhat the same person, but there's many aspects of yourself that you've probably changed and altered over the time. So, you know, it's great. It's a great different title. People, people affect, you know, the way that you grow, different people, whether they're kind or mean or phony or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's pretty much what Becoming Roxy represents. Very cool, very cool. And again, I'd like to just uh, just for a moment, I'll let people know if you're currently turning into the Carrie, tuning into the Carrie Edelman Show, we are interviewing Roxy Monteroso, actually Rose, Rosemarie Monteroso, but her nickname yeah. is Roxy, and she is a poet from uh, New York, and we are talking about her poetry book and other things that inspire her writing. So please follow her on Facebook um, by searching Becoming Roxy and definitely become a fan of her page. And you can look at all the updates she has and things that are going on with her poetry. So what types of poems can the reader expect to encounter in Becoming Roxy? Um, well, besides the, I think I have six on the page right now, but um, they're kind of all, you know, different. Uh, but they're, like, inspiring. Some will be about love. Some will be about, mm-hmm. you know, somebody stabbing you in the back and betraying you. I write a little sure. about Oh, yeah, I write a lot about that. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, loyalty. So when someone's okay. you know, unloyal or something like that, I, it kind of inspires me to grab that pen. Um, but there's, you know, it ranges from A to Z. I can't really, uh, you know, besides the love and searching for yourself or, you know, wa- mm-hmm. wanting to run away and just, uh, yeah, it's going to be definitely an eclectic piece of uh, writing. Very good, very good. No, it sounds very exciting. I can't, you definitely have to let me know when it comes out. I can't wait to read some of this stuff. And I've checked out some of your stuff, and it's wonderful on Facebook. I mean, you're, she's a very talented writer. I recommend people definitely check out her Facebook page and some of the material that she has up there because it's really good stuff. Um, 
So if you had one piece of advice for someone who is looking to become a poetry writer, what would it be and why? Well, like I said, um, well, if that's working towards it, that, right? Working towards, um, I don't know. I mean, it's all about uh, passion, so you have to definitely mm-hmm. have that passion, and um, you know, it's not something that you can force, and you just, you know, let it flow. Just uh, close your eyes and see the words that they'll come to you, and you just, just write. And like I said, cool. oh, very full. Um, you know, the poet's market is a very good uh, handbook to have. They come out with a new one every year. I have I have the 2011 version right now, but I haven't even looked for it. Um, okay. Yeah other, yeah, other than that, I mean, you don't want to get scammed and stuff. There's a lot of scams on the computer and stuff like that. So always go with something professional like the poet's market. Okay, yeah. Why don't you actually talk a little bit more about the scams and stuff? I think that's really important for people to know about because, Again, in any creative industry, whether you know you're writing poetry or you're writing a film score or music, you know people can, yeah, you know, people can fall into some really, you know, bad scams. Uh, well, have you have you encountered to, uh, anything like that? Uh, I can't really say I have personally. I mean, maybe okay. I I might have clicked onto a link and uh, noticed maybe I didn't see something that was right, and right away mm-hmm. I would just you know get out of there. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm past that point where, you know, I'm just looking for a a self-publisher right now and just looking to publish the book as a whole. So I don't really really do too much researching anymore for single poetry. But, um, you know, just say if you see something that doesn't look right, you know, always have some kind of virus spyware where you can spot that out. But um, anything that asks you for too much money or really any mm-hmm. kind of money is not really something that you want to get into. Um, even, uh, well, actually, the Writer's Digest, they um, they have a lot of contests also, which I might enter into next month. But they, all, okay. they do ask for money. Right. They ask for money, but they're a nationally known company. So something like that right. is okay. Like Writer's Digest, I... that's fine. That's that's a great point. I totally agree with you with that because I think, you know, a lot of times people think if someone shows interest and they're like, oh, you know, give us $500 and we'll publish this for you. We'll do that for you. I agree with Rosemary. You guys definitely do research. Type it into Google. I've done that many times with music-related stuff, and I found out, you know, it says the X scam or the Y scam. So, you know, just don't take what people say at face value. The last thing you want to do is have someone else, you know, own your material or, you know, take you for a ride and, you know, make you spend tons of money and you get nothing in return. So, yeah, just be careful out there. I mean, don't don't not, do not not pursue it because you're concerned about being scammed, but just be, like Rosemary is saying, be a very, um, you know, informed person and, and do your research. So, that's yeah, that's great. So, what else would you like to let the – I know I've asked, I've asked you a ton of questions, but, you know, you personally, what else – would you like to let the audience know um, about your poetry and about you being a journalist? Um, yeah, feel free to you know make your own comments now. And well, I don't really know um, what much to say except that uh, <laughs> except I wasn't really going to put this book out there um, until I received, uh, I guess you could say, a spiritual enlightenment, so to say. Um, okay. Yeah, because my my poetry to me was always a personal thing. I mean, although I had sure. a poem published here and there, I really never thought I would take it to this to this level. Um, only because I thought, I mean, what if this person thinks, wow, this girl is crazy, or you know, like, what is she been right. through? You know, but um, 
that's fine. I mean, people, I'm writing what people can or what they want. So, to me, I don't feel that way anymore. I just put it out there. But um, after I received the certain sign, um, that's it. The book was seen. And uh, since it was seen by a certain person, a, a certain force out there, that's uh, how I came to my conclusion to do this. So, thanks uh, to my brother, that's why I'm publishing the book. Oh, great. Oh, that's very nice. Very nice. So maybe yeah, maybe sometimes things in life, you know, take interesting paths and not always the greatest path, but it leads to, to other things that you never thought might have happened. So that's that's great. That's really good. So why don't we um yeah, let's let's plug again your website and your well your Facebook page for now. And um, you know, I wanna thank you so much for, for coming on the show. It was great having you and being able to get your stuff out there, and I hope everyone's going to listen to this show and definitely become a fan of, of Roxy on Facebook and check out her material. It's wonderful material, and she's very talented at what she does. So, yeah, why don't you uh, let the audience know again about how they can become a fan of yours and how they can contact you? Um, okay, well, you can just go onto Facebook and enter in Becoming Roxy. It's called Becoming Roxy Poetry and Lyrics from the Soul by Rosemary Monteroso. And you just click on the link. Uh, there should be a join button. Um, just join and start reading and have a good time. <laughs> That's right, everyone. Start reading. You'll become inspired, and I think you'll really be able to empathize with what she has to say and really relate to it. Um, and, you know, I wish you all the best, uh, Roxy, in your career. Um, you're going to do wonderful and, you know, please definitely keep in touch with me. I always like to te- keep in touch with my guests and kind of keep uh, tabs on how they're doing and what's going on with them. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, the really the show is for my uh, guests. It's really about them. It's about promoting them, marketing them, and helping them brand their name and get themselves out there. So it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Absolutely, absolutely. And I hope you feel better. And, um, yeah, have a wonderful night, and uh, we will definitely keep in touch, and I'd love to see what you're up to. Okay, definitely. Okay? So thank you so much for coming on tonight, and I appreciate it. I'll let the audience know some more about her after we get off the phone, and then I will uh, go into the final uh, closing things of my show. All right? So have a great night, Rosemary. Okay, you too, Carrie. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. You just heard Rosemarie Monteroso, who is a poetry writer, and she's also a journalist and a musician. Um, you can check her out on Facebook by going to Becoming Roxy and search that on Facebook and then hit like and become a fan of her page so you can be updated with her poetry and her upcoming uh, poetry book, which is going to be wonderful. So keep tabs on that. Uh, if anyone would like to become a guest on the Carrie Edelman Show, please become a fan on Facebook by going to the Carrie Edelman Show as there's detailed information about how you can book an interview. Also, if you're a mu- musician or a band who'd like their song featured on the show or a product that you would like advertised, please send a professionally recorded high-quality MP3 to Carrie Edelman at Hotmail.com. Okay, next Wednesday, April 27th at 8 o'clock p.m., tune into the Carrie Edelman Show as this is going to be a very interesting interview. I'm really looking forward to this interview. I'm going to be featuring Keith Fenimore, who is doing what we are calling a social media experiment, and I'll tell people what this is about. And you definitely have to tune next week. This is going to be a really cool show. 
So my uh, my question that goes out to everyone is, has anyone ever considered the concept of a social media experiment where a person himself becomes the guinea pig? Keith Fenimore is using his unfamiliar face as the perfect blank slate for his experiment, an experiment where he aims to become the most recognizable person in America. Keith is the senior producer for Howard Stern TV and has created various TV reality shows for network and production companies such as A&E, TV Guide Channel, Fox Reality, VH1, and E! Entertainment. Despite his background in production, what Keith is basically doing is becoming his very own next production. The allure of what he is doing is that his social media experiment is not just about him for uh, not just about him being for or against anything, nor is he selling, promoting, or marketing a product. He's not looking for recognition for recognition's sake, but recognizes simply the end result or goal age of this particular experiment's success. So he's solely doing this because nothing like it has done, been done before, and he wants to see if it can be accomplished. His social media experiment. It is about wisdom, irony, and most importantly, fun. With enough exposure, he successfully can become the next phenomenon. It is out of his hands and up to the masses. So we want to ask the question to the audience, what will they do with it? Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Be sure to tune in next week. Also, if you were not able to listen tonight to the live show, the podcast for Rosemarie Monterosa will be available after the show by going to blogtalkradio.com slash Adeline. Thank you so much, and we will look forward to hearing from everyone, and hopefully you'll listen in next week, April 27th at 8 o'clock p.m. with the social media experiment, Keith Fenimore. Thanks, and we will sign off tonight with my song, Leave It All Behind, off my debut album titled Leave It All Behind, and you can find it on iTunes by searching Carrie Edelman. Thanks again, everyone. Have a good night.